RadioMD. RadioMD.com. It's time for the Dr. Lee Vin Oker Show. Here's Dr. Lee. Hi, and welcome back to the show, Health from the Outside In. So another important topic in women's health this week all over the news is the Zika virus and uh, what pregnant women really need to know about it. My next guest is Dr. Daniel Saltzman. He's a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist, and his specialty is maternal fetal medicine. He is the clinical professor at Mount Sinai School of Medicine. So welcome, Dr. Saltzman. Thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. So, you know, one of the things I, I want to ask is, um, and then we'll get into how, you know, how they found this and, and such. So the, the real danger is to pregnant women. Is it sort of the Zika virus in, you know, if you're not pregnant, it, it's like, you know, when people started to talk about, oh, my gosh, the West Nile virus and watch out and, there was this big media frenzy, you know, and as an ER physician, I was constantly talking to people about it. But the truth is, if you're like healthy and, uh, you know, not immune compromised and, um, you know, things like that, it's, it's not the danger. The danger more is to an unborn child. Is that the truth with this virus? Should other people be worried? Knowing well, that you're a gynecologist. <laughs> Right. It's primarily uh, something with a high risk to pregnant women, but uh, if you're not pregnant, you can have severe disease requiring, you know, hospitalization. That's not common, but there's uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is Mm -hmm. something that has been reported in patients following suspected Zika virus infection, and that is something that um, can cause paralysis. So right, I think right. everyone should certainly be aware of it, but really the the big issue right now is pregnant women. Right. And it, sort of like, is it the same mosquito with dengue and the chikungaya virus, chikungaya, right. that caused terrible pain? While there might not have been a lot of fatalities with the chikungaya, it was still a horrible infection to get. And uh, as you said, for uh, listeners, you know, Guillain-Barre is that ascending paralysis, which can actually happen with a lot of different viruses. It's like an immune response to the virus, correct? Uh, that, that's correct. The, the good news is with uh, Zika, symptomatic disease is generally mild. So, right. you know, you might get uh, an acute onset of fever, a rash, you know, the hands and uh, the face and a little joint discomfort, arthralgia, and sometimes uh, an eye infection. Hmm. Yeah. And the symptoms usually last from several days to a week. Right. And it's um, sort of similar like West Nile. Sometimes people get a little sick, but if you are immune compromised, it's more of a problem. But now let's talk about for pregnant women. And this really, Brazil was the first place that we actually saw the effects of this. What what happened there, and what what was going on? Well, you know, basically, uh, back in November, the uh, they declared a public emergency in Brazil because what they found was a tenfold higher rate of something called fetal microcephaly occurring in the Zika affected state, and microcephaly is where the brain of the fetus is, is much smaller and 
doesn't develop appropriately. So it uh, has significant implication uh, to brain development, which is a very serious thing. And so tenfold higher is certainly a, a very high uh, medical risk based on the background population. Hmm. And before this time, I mean, you know, now that we've known more about nutrition for women and things like that, we, you know, microcephaly was a birth defect, but it, it was pretty much, it was rare, right? You know, all those neural tube and uh, neurology type defects, you know, once we learned about folate and other things, they had become rare because this isn't the only right, cause of right. microcephaly. It's really something that's only seen in normally in, in one to two per thousand wow. uh, newborns. So it's a pretty rare thing, right? And there so, are other things, obviously, that can cause microcephaly other than just Zika virus. <clears throat> so there's, right. you say, nutrition, other infections. Right. So, so they had seen this, and somehow somebody had linked it up to this virus. Um, so what... You know, what do you tell your patients, you know, what should people do? And it, this is mostly around where? The Caribbean, Mexico, uh, obviously it was in South America because of Brazil. Right, right. Yeah, the, the big thing is, you know, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Brazil, and parts of Central America, South America, and now um, the Caribbean, hmm. which is... Uh, Know, a, big, a big thing because a lot of people uh, travel in the winter to take vacations in the, in the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, right. Winter's a good time, not hurricane season when you're down there. <laughs> right. Um, so, and like everything else in a mosquito, you know, when the summer comes and, and things, there's this, also this risk that it'll, that'll start entering North America, maybe the southern states and such. Right, right, because it's obviously, you know, traveling, the, the, the good news uh, right now is that the only people we've found in this country so far who've gotten infections, and there aren't that many, I think there's only a dozen, are not people have, who have been bitten by mosquitoes in the United States, but have been to areas like the Caribbean or Mexico or Brazil and brought it back with them. Hmm. So what are you uh, recommending to your patients? You know, say they, you know, you do have, uh, you know, I- I'm sure traveling while you're pregnant is probably not one of the best things anyway. Um, but what do you recommend to your patients now uh, about this? Well, obviously the first thing is I tell people uh, not to go to these areas. But if they do go to these areas, then... Uh, we have to take it in, uh, into account that it is possible that they could have become infected. About Only about 20% of people, who uh, pregnant women who are infected, have symptoms, and 80% do not. Hmm. So you can't just assume that, well, I was, you know, I never had a fever, I never had a rash, and therefore I don't have anything to, to worry about. So what we're doing now, uh, based on the Center for Disease Control, has put out guidelines and uh, felt that you, if, you have, if you've had symptoms, you should get a blood test. If you haven't had symptoms, then uh, your obstetrician should 
basically follow the baby's head size with fetal ultrasounds to mm-hmm. de- detect evidence of microcephaly, which is the small brain, or we can find something on ultrasound, calcifications, bright white spots that indicate that an infection uh, uh, could occur. Uh, unfortunately, there's no treatment for it, right. so it's not like, uh, as people know, if you get a strep throat, we have antibiotics. We don't uh, we don't do that. So uh, that's what right. we're basically doing. So and so, even if you don't have symptoms and you've come back from there, you still could get a blood test to to tell whether you'd been exposed. Correct. Well, that's a problem. You you actually can't get a blood test if you haven't had symptoms because the CDC is not allowing that because of multiple different reasons, but I think they're the only lab that does it in the United States. Yeah, they would be They have too many specimens, and to be truthful with you, it takes four to six weeks now Mm. to get results from the CDC lab. So we're basically treating everybody and watching every four weeks to... Mm. uh, the brain and to see if there's any evidence of microcephaly. Hmm. But, uh, but as you said, there's, there's really nothing you can do. So I would imagine, um, and myself as a woman and a mother, you know, better safe than sorry. If you're pregnant, you know, uh, maybe you should cancel the trip now to those regions and, um, just wait until after the baby's born. I want to thank my guest. This is the Dr. Levin Oker Show, Health from the Outside In. Stay tuned into your health.